Hello and welcome again to the Cartoon Lounge podcast. Today my guest is George Schiltes. George and I met on Rugrats while working on Rugrats for Klasky Schupo. Klasky Schupo was a production company that was uh, making Rugrat episodes for, for Nickelodeon before Nickelodeon had their own studio. We, uh, so we met a long time ago. George is an animation director. He's doing timing. He started by doing animation timing. So it'll explain what that is. For people who don't know, um, timing and then becoming this animation director on many, many shows, many mostly Nickelodeon shows. So here it is, the first part of my conversation with George Schiltes. We met on Rugrats. That's right. At Klasky Schupo. Klasky, I was trying to remember, I think I started in 91, but I'm not sure. Do you remember when you started on production over there? I think I started in the spring. Well, I started at Nickelodeon in the spring of 93, and I think I started at, um, at Klasky like two years before. So maybe okay. early, early 91, that must March, have been March, April, something. Right. And then I, I uh, came on probably late you know, April or uh, you know, something, because uh, at that point during first season, uh, you know, the boards had gone into production and I was hired as um, an animation timer. You know, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was kind of, I think I was replacing someone. Someone had moved because they gave me a test to do and, and, and then I sat on it for weeks or months, you know, so I thought I'd never, that's it, you know. Right. But do you remember David Allen, who was a background designer? I, I do, but uh, just... He, he had had a terrible bicycle accident. And he almost died. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think they needed someone. So they hired me. And then they, when David came back, they kept me. You know, they kept me. Uh, they still kept me. But um, so we started around the same time. So mm-hmm. you started... At, they, this was my very first job in animation. I mean, I had, had never done animation. So you obviously did some before. You know, I, I had... hired uh, as a timer. I mean... Right. And part of that, Antoine, was um, I, I grew up in, you know, the Midwest, um, a suburb of Chicago. And then um, uh, in 1976, I came out to go to graduate school at UCLA. They had an animation program, you know, at the time, which was pretty good. And I became part of that. But uh it's almost to imag- difficult to imagine now, unless you're an old timer. Th- this was all, you know, pre-digital days. So we were, you know, we were shooting on uh, 16 millimeter, and and then um, it took me forever to graduate. I never had a great sense. Well, how did you get? How did you get yeah. the job at Klasky? Well, did it was partly just... because of that. The network oh, I of see. people I knew at UCLA when I graduated. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody, the production manager or supervisor on uh, The Simpsons was uh, my friend Maria. Yes. And uh, she, uh, Maria Rodriguez, had, uh, you know, told somebody else, I think uh, uh, Tammy Sark, uh, who was uh, working in production and on mm-hmm. Rugrats, to give me a call. So that's what had happened. Uh, 
I remember the phone call. She said, <laughs> uh, hi, George. I said, hi, Tammy. How are you? Fine. You know, uh, hey, you want to come over here to Klasky and, and uh, work as an animation timer? And I said, sure. What's animation timing? You know, so uh, that's pretty much uh, how I got hired. So you hadn't done it before? I had not done it before. I had, um, when I shot a few simple uh, student films, so I was familiar with exposure sheets and, mm -hmm. you know, laying everything out so that I could do both camera moves and, you know, how long hold um, animation cells on, you know, different levels. Mm -hmm. I was familiar with all those uh, concepts, but uh, I had no idea about, uh, you know, the official way we did, uh, you know, timing for television mm -hmm. and, and in, indeed for uh, for film, you know, back wow. in those days. Mm -hmm. So when you grew up, you said around Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. Did you, when you were a little kid, did you want to do anything with arts, with arts uh, well, or drawing or writing or? I, I did, uh, um, yeah, thanks. It's a, a interesting question. I, I remember uh, back when I was a kid, uh, my father was an immigrant from Greece. So mm -hmm. uh, what did he do? Of course, he came to the United States and opened up a restaurant. So I uh, grew up in a small town about 40 miles outside of Chicago, where there were two movie theaters and my sister and I could you know, walk to them and then come back to the restaurant. Uh, you know, there were no such things as soccer moms back in those days. So, uh, mm. uh, you know, we were kind of on our own. So I would go to the movies and uh, see some things like, uh, of course, the Disney movies, but any movie would impress me so terribly. And when we came back to the restaurant, I'd grab some of the paper that my mother would mimeograph menus on and grab pencils and just start drawing my impressions of the movies I'd, I'd seen. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I you know, uh, don't have any of those drawings. They were typical, you know, drawings uh, for a kid. But, you know, I, I uh, somehow the visual impressions of movies made such a big impression that, you know, I wanted to turn them into my own drawings or comic books. That's earliest memory of mm -hmm. how I got started. So the animated movies that you were watching, you did. Yeah, you, well, you and, drawings. Right, one. right. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, later on, uh, of course, I found out, uh, probably learned it from another kid that in paperbacks, if you you scribbled drawings in the margins and flipped them, you could <laughs> do a flip book. And I thought that was, you know, the coolest thing ever. And uh, I, I remember, you know, then and in high school being all about, I was one of those kids who had to, for whatever reason, I like, I like to make other kids laugh and entertain uh -huh. people. So I'd, I'd do a little flip book and then I'd pass the paper back around in the class and get in trouble with the teacher. That's what <laughs> I remember. So animation was always entertaining and subversive, you know, for me at the same time. Did you do time. little rockets? I did. Yeah, the rockets and, and of course the the uh the flapping bird, like oh that was really tough. Hey look, these birds move, you know, so yeah. 
So when, when you chose to go to a school or a high school or a college, did you, did you go specifically for arts? Or, so there was no artist in your family? No. Or that no. you know, or people might have been artists, but they didn't yeah, work my, as artists. My right? dad had an artistic streak, I think, but he was mm -hmm. actually very impatient. So I remember us trying to uh, paint a mural on the family home wall at one time, but it was one of these murals by uh, by Kit. You laid out the you know the the layout on the wall, and then you just filled in everything. And I was always attentive to detail, and my dad got frustrated because I was taking too long. So he took the brush out of my hand, finished the whole thing. I went, okay. Uh, so no, there wasn't really an art background, you know, mm -hmm. there uh, going on. So it wasn't, uh, but I, I always drew. And in, back in high school, I enjoyed uh, theater a lot more. But then when I went to college, I went, oh, there's all these unemployed actors uh, mm -hmm. out there. I'll, I'll study art instead, you know. And, yeah. uh, uh, of course, then I found out there's all these unemployed artists. <laughs> so for college, what did you learn? Where did you go? Did you learn? Well, I, I went to a, a public uh, college in, um, in Illinois uh, called Northern Illinois University. And uh, my, my other interest, uh, Antoine, has always been uh, you know, foreign languages. I was sort of a kid who grew up during the Cold War. I mm -hmm. studied Russian in high school. So in college, I had a double major in uh, you know, Russian uh, literature and language and, and just art. I was taking all these art courses. And, and finally, uh, when um, I had no great desire to work, uh, and then uh, you know, I thought I'd go to graduate school, and college was a lot cheaper you know, back then uh, in the 70s. And, um, and I got accepted uh, because I'd sent in some art samples at the UCLA uh, animation program to get a master's. So that mm -hmm. I said, well, you know, mom, dad, I'm going to California and uh, moved out here. And, um, and it was at the animation program that I first became familiar, not only with uh, some uh, friends who later became colleagues, uh, of mine in um, you know, television, but uh, how animation was done at that time. Mm -hmm. and, um, and and it also exposed me to a wide variety of uh, animation from around the world. I, I enjoyed you know, the history uh, of animation that I learned you know, back at UCLA. But that was my first practical experience you know, with um, uh, how to do, how to make an animated film. So you did move from Chicago to California to go to UCLA specifically, right? Right. right. Mm -hmm. So right after when you're done UCLA, how old is that? Like 22, 20? Well, I, because I, I kicked around. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So I didn't get my degree. Uh, this shows what a late bloomer I am till 1984. And that mm -hmm. was, uh, God, I was born in um, 53, so I was 31 you know, yeah. at the time. Um, and, uh, and I basically went to UCLA for a couple of years and then just, you know, kicked around, uh, uh, you, know, um, you know, doing one of those we'll draw for food things or whatever, yeah. uh, 
you know, so in 84, the, what do you do right after UCLA? Do you stay in California uh, or do you go back? I, yeah, no, I stayed in California. Um, family, uh, yeah, mom and dad were both alive then, were in Chicago. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I'd fly back there uh, several times a year to visit. But uh, um, again, based on uh, the people I knew at uh, UCLA, a friend of mine um, uh, had called me from uh, Mattel Toys. He was working over there in the audio visual department. And uh, he asked me if I'd be interested in doing animatics for products like He-Man and uh, you know, Barbie. And I went, okay, it's doing art. It's not exactly you know, animation. But uh, so then you know, I went uh, and worked as a freelance contractor at uh, Mattel for a few years. And um, uh, we would do animatics that were essentially, they were mock-up commercials. They were commercials mm -hmm. without, uh, you know, just to test out the campaign strategies or possible marketing for uh, things like, um, you know, uh, He-Man and, and Skeletor mm. and different toys Mattel was thinking of, of uh, producing. So um, that and um, any other, you know, job or art job, but I wasn't really, you know, tied directly into the animation industry till, yeah. you know, uh, till later. I, but um, then again, at um, Mattel around it had to be around 1987, not sure the exact year, they decided to do an interactive uh, toy that uh, would allow preschoolers to pick up a telephone, watch a videotape with some animation going on, and uh, the animated characters would ask the little kids a question. Um, you know, something simple like, do you think Trump should be reelected? <laughs> Already, and, yeah. yeah no, I'll, very I'll advanced story. Avoid, you know, <laughs> and then uh, the, the kids would start screaming and need to be carried by their parents. <laughs> but then the, the children would press a number on the telephone for yes or no, something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, so um, my supervisor at Mattel uh, named Aki asked me to, head up that project. So I became sort of a director and who did I hire? I hired a bunch of friends of mine from, uh, that I knew at UCLA mm -hmm. and then, uh, you know, um, other people that would be referred to me. So, uh, that was, uh, Robert Hughes, uh, huh. first uh, job. He came out from the Midwest because I already had a friend of his on my crew. Rob didn't go to UCLA, but uh, at the time I, I needed uh, people who could do ink and paint. And mm -hmm. you know, Rob said he could, he, he couldn't actually, <laughs> but I knew the guy had talent. So he just kept, you know, he, and he admitted his uh, inking was, you know, uh, not, not up to par. And I said, well, okay, you know, we'll, we'll move you over here. You know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and uh, uh, so I was, uh, yeah, proud of that. And then other people like, uh, you know, I think uh, Dominic Palcino, his first job out of uh, yeah, college. And uh, I think Sherry Pollack, too, who's still animating uh, and doing animation direction, uh, were, were all there. 
So it gave me, um, it still was a kind of a fly by night production mm -hmm. that, that toy didn't go anywhere. Um, Scott Alberts was also on that cruise. So he had gone to UCLA and, um, um, and anyway, but that kind of gave me, um, more experience working with a group for, you know, an actual, uh, animation, you know, production. <laughs> and then that folded and, um, I uh, kicked around a little bit uh, longer until, um, you know, I got that, uh, you know, that call to come in and uh, interview for uh, doing animation timing. For, for, for Plasky, wow. So, so you stayed a long time, like almost 10 years at Mattel. On and on and on. Uh, well, you know, closer to uh, oh, probably, yeah, 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 yeah uh, five, six years. Few less, but, but it would be off and on, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. my... Uh, uh, I, uh, Antoine, I, I was kind of a bohemian without the, without the absinthe and cigarettes, you know, I, my expenses <laughs> were low and, uh, um, and, you know, di didn't, uh, and, you know, anyway, I usually had a cat, but, you know, uh, um, I knew that when I ran out of food in the refrigerator and was looking at the cat's bowl that it was time to get another <laughs> job and I'd usually do something yeah. like that. So, uh, so I, I go back and forth. Uh, Mattel was always uh, a regular for me. And, uh, in fact, yeah, back then one time, an, uh, art director, uh, asked me if I could do paper sculptures and, uh, for a catalog shoot. And I said, sure, why not? And then that, uh, started me doing, uh, paper sculpture, which I've enjoyed doing, mm. you know, ever since. So, yeah. uh, so in short, I uh, had no regular job or income uh, several years. Mattel was pretty reliable. And then um, in 91, you know, a uh, couple of years after Tracy mm -hmm. Ullman you know, started, yeah. that was right the beginning of the animation boom. And uh, I, I wrote, without being a surfer, I rode that wave. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> lots, lots of us did. So in ninety three, in ninety one, we started on Rugrats because uh, Klasky Schupo was doing The Simpsons at the time, and they wanted right. to have their own show. and And Nickelodeon started, and they they took they picked up three shows: Rugrats, Doug, and Ren and Stimpy, which were done in their own respective um, production company because Nickelodeon didn't have their own studio. So we got hired on that on Rugrats. And we met a lot of people that we still know on Rugrat. I mean, I still know a bunch of people. They, they moved to, um, to Rocco like you did. So, so we, I stayed two years, almost exactly two years on Rugrat. You stayed a little longer, right? So you, were, you, you started as a timing? Uh, a timer, timing. timer. You know, there was, and then uh, how did you, did you move up and everything? I um, never really moved up that much. No, uh, I think but, over but, there, um, no one moved up that much. Yeah, right. And then I, you know, I, I found when, uh, it, at least it was my impression in uh, the industry that uh, people would usually move up if they went to another studio. You know, yeah. it's like uh, everyone got typecast in whatever mm -hmm. studio. So at Plasky, I was always uh, going to be an animation timer, but mm -hmm. I was only on Rugrats' uh, first season, and um, uh, so I didn't stay you know, as long uh. as you. Uh, what had happened is first season wrap, and then 
Um, I called another uh, friend of mine that uh, I had met originally at UCLA, and he was working in a completely different area. He'd been working in uh, optical, uh, you know, optical special effects on features and commercials. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, hey, uh, have you heard of any work out there? And he had heard that over at Hyperion Studios, uh, uh, a woman uh, that became a friend of mine, uh, Kathleen Quaif Hodge, was heading up uh, the animated special effects department on the production uh, Rover Danger Field, which had oh, yeah. the makings of a very funny film and then got um, rewritten and rewritten and rewritten. And uh, mm. But it, it was a good experience for me. So I, um, I, I called uh, Kathleen and she said, you know, come in. And so I was um, an in-betweener on uh, an assistant on doing animated special effects. So no human animation at all, but I would do uh, cast shadows from, uh, from the dog, from Rover, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or, um, or uh, contact shadows where, uh, you know, a character is in the light and finding out how to design uh, a shadow so it both sculpts the form and is interesting you know, to look at. And uh, so that was uh, you know, interesting for me. You know, that too, was actual because, animation. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was uh, on a feature. <clears throat> and again, I was uh, in betweening. <clears throat> I wasn't doing the keys or anything, but uh, I met another uh, you know, great uh, group of people, one of the, mm -hmm privileges and you know I'm not uh, th this is true of uh, working in animation is uh, you know there's some really uh, you know interesting um, you know people that I've met and very few of them are schmucks so uh, <laughs> yeah, some of them but yeah, very, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so because I remember when I left uh, at the end of first season I, f I thought it was at the end of first season but maybe not there was a couple of weeks with nothing to do. And the producers at Klasky said, well, you should learn other stuff. And you taught me timing. Oh, okay. For two weeks. Right. Yeah. All and right. Because I knew, I knew nothing about animation. I, mean, mm -hmm. I was well, hired uh, as a board person and I sucked really bad. And I, thanks for reminding me of that yeah. because uh, of course I can no longer remember, but I'm glad yeah. I, uh, you, you, know, you so. taught me timing. You taught Tom Yasumi timing. You taught two or three people who were doing designs by then. We're doing background right. designer characters. Design. And they wanted to keep us on. And, and then they ended up not being able to keep us on the whole time or something right. in between. But for two weeks, I, I never forgot I learned timing. Oh, excellent. Which uh, is wonderful to know, even if you don't do timing. You need to know right. all the steps to, to know what's, you know what's going on. Yeah, and, and basically um, for the people, uh, the uh, hundreds, thousands, millions of listeners to this podcast potentially, uh, who uh, may not have an exposure sheet in front of them or- Yeah, explain a little bit what it is, like what you, when it comes and it's after the storyboard and before right. the animation. So right. yeah. it, so it basically tells the animators how many drawings for each action and- Exactly. And, and uh, yeah, back in those days, I'll, I'll give credit to uh, yeah, my mentor, uh, Julie Murphy, uh, yes. who, uh, because 
I came in knowing what I told you. That is, I'd done my own exposure sheets for my student films, but uh, now over at Klasky, we would have uh, storyboards of you know the show. But and in those days, you remember from the storyboards, uh, the um, animators or designers would create uh, layouts to put the boards more on model. Mm -hmm. So I think we, we did have, uh, you know, layouts to work with and, uh, you know, different levels. So, uh, now the board artists would listen to the soundtrack once the, uh, voice artists had come in and done the dialogue you know, for the characters. And that would be their source of inspiration usually for how to pose or what emotions to create for the characters. Um, and then on the exposure sheets, we would know basically how long uh, each scene was and uh, a scene typically, uh, you know, I, is um, when you've got, you know, uh, well, even, you know, one character, it could be a close-up of uh, Tommy in uh, Rugrats, and he's reacting. There might not be any dialogue except uh, you're hearing, you know, one of his parents off screen, and then Tommy's reacting to what he's hearing. So there might be three different expressions, you know, wide-eyed, mm -hmm. you know, innocence, and then you know, a, a, a more you know, perturbed expression as he thinks about what he's hearing. And then, you know, he turns to face, you know, Chucky. And that'll be the scene. So we've got three drawings and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, Tommy's uh, uh, mom is saying, well, we can't leave the children here. And Tommy really wants to be here. Mm -hmm. We can't leave the children here is, let's say it's about two seconds long. So I've got three drawings that are going to take all of two seconds. Uh, and um, a simple timing is just saying, well, um, you know, I'm going to make each drawing about, uh, I'll do first drawing, uh, you know, a sec, or uh, three quarters of a second, three quarters of a second, and then the middle drawing is half a second or something. And that's uh, two seconds. So it's basically how long each key frame or key drawing mm. is held on the screen. And then how do you get from drawing you know, to drawing? Yeah. So, mm. yeah, the speed of everything. Like if you say like Tommy reacts and his eyes get big, if, if the animators overseas draws it in three drawings, his eyes opens really fast. Right. But if you tell the animator to use 20 drawings to, uh, to open that eye, that eye is going to open really very, slow. Very and then slow. it's not up to the animators to decide. It's up to people here who, who are boarding it or writing it and the timer. That's the timer right. decides that and sends and, the instructions basically. To and, 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 and Antoine, uh, that, that's all true. And one, um, it, as early as Rugrats, it was a, kind of a standing joke and then would... Uh, be there on, on Rocco too. all the shows I worked on when the writers would come up with, uh, this whole action takes place in slow motion because <laughs> then you would have, instead of three drawings, you've got 30 drawings 
and you've got to position each one and tell how you get from one to another. And so uh, everyone dreaded, you know, it's like if you're going to yeah, really diss somebody, oh, I'm going to give you all the slow motion scenes. You have to find them. <laughs> and you know, because guys. even, even yes. there, uh, there um, there's different ways to do slow motion in live action. You know, that's easy. You just mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, super crank, you know, the camera, run the camera fast. But in animation, um, because all television animation is on a budget, you know, you need to do a <laughs> tremendous amount of animation to just get a couple yeah. of seconds of uh, slow motion. So sometimes we'd call for uh, dissolves, like a four frame dissolve from mm -hmm. uh, oh, image yeah. to image. Yeah. And that would create like uh, more of a stagger or a stop mm -hmm. motion effect. Like a um, fake slow motion. Fake slow motion and all those things that, uh, you know, I, uh, thanks for reminding me that, uh, I, I taught you or introduced you to, they, um, that, that became, you know, my career, you know, in, in television basically. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the more I did stuff, I hope the better I got. So you became very sensitive when, um, I'm jumping ahead, but when, uh, we went over to, um, uh, work, uh, with Joe Murray on, on Rocco. Um, uh, Joe, because he came from a cartoonist background, had a very defined idea of how he wanted certain things to be timed. And that would include a four frame take, which uh, on, on The Simpsons and, you know, on, on Rugrats, uh, which were both more of reality shows mm -hmm. I very, very rarely do anything you know four frames and um, again for um, your listeners what's a take uh, um, it was um, uh, uh, yeah the great um, Warner Brothers uh, you know animators used to uh, uh, say that you know all the um, uh, you know all the great timing they'd learned from you know silent film timing mm -hmm. people like uh buster keaton and yeah. keaton in particular but a, a take classically would be um uh a, a move we call an antic which is short for anticipation mm -hmm. and then um an in-between um an overshoot and a settle so typically if a you know when Wiley Coyote finally realizes he's over the Grand Canyon because he's run out mm -hmm. to chase a roadrunner and he's over over the canyon. You know, he'll look at camera and might do a, a long hold and then yeah. a quick take where, you know, you know and uh, <laughs> that's how we learn the time. And on Rocco, they're as short as blinks, but a character will actually move their head and do a a move opposite where they're going, an exaggerated move, the overshoot mm -hmm. in another direction, and then settle yeah, down to pose. And it's quirky, but those quirks define Yeah, the that style. gives the style of the show. That exactly. gives the style to the show. Mm -hmm. And you don't, you don't know what the style of the show is, but you recognize it when you're the viewer. Right. You, mm -hmm. you don't know how it's done or why, but you know it's special and different. Right. And I, I have to say, uh, because of that, um, uh, Antoine, I, I mean, I could still, uh, I do still enjoy watching animation occasionally, 
But uh, even after I'd been retired two years, I have to put my practice up to one side because I'll start watching things. And the first thing I'm aware of is how anything is timed. Yeah. And they do that yeah. right. Oh, that's time too slow. I, I would have done that. You know, it's not my show to criticize. You're not going to stop it. It's always yeah, going to be yeah. like that. There's no, right. there's no way not to notice it after a whole career of doing it. Right. So after um, the Rodney Dangerfield um, mm -hmm. movie, when, how long were you on that? Like a year? Um, no, I, well, less. I was on uh, um, from 91 to, um, to 92. And then... Um, then, because that was uh, well, that was done at uh, Hyperion, and then um, af afterwards, my supervisor uh, there, uh, he he's retired too, but my buddy, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, Jeff Howard, who's was as far as I was concerned, he was a special effects uh, genius. He had uh, uh, in in features. Um, not just with animation, but, but uh, with special effects. It was uh, sort of a, a journeyman system like they used to have in the Renaissance. So Jeff mm. had actually learned to do yeah. um, special effects animation from an old Disney animator who had worked on yeah, Pinocchio. And that's why I still to this day love watching the old Disney features mm -hmm. because they're perfect, but a lot of things they were inventing as yeah. they went along. Yeah. Uh, so then um, Jeff had moved over to film Roman to work on um, another forgotten classic, uh, Tom and Jerry, the movie, <laughs> I remember that. not that much of a classic, but uh, uh, anyway, and he was putting a team together there and he asked me, because I'd work with him on uh, Rover to join him. So in, uh, I, I think in, in sometime in 92, I went over to Film Roman when Tom and Jerry wrapped. Uh, Film Roman, as you had mentioned, already had The Simpsons. And I yeah. went to... Uh, the Simpsons went from classical yeah. to Film Roman at some point. Yeah. Right. They, they had moved and yeah. I was there. So I was seeing people I knew. And then... Um, uh, and I talked to you know, our producer at uh, um, on um, Tom and Jerry, uh, you know, Mike Wolf, when I was about to let go, and he, he said, and I said, hey, I could do animation timing, and he said, oh, oh okay, and then that's how I got moved to The Simpsons, and uh, oh, you so did, I, yeah. Oh, so I, I stayed see. at Klasky for uh, you know two years from. Um, 92 to 94, you know, working on the, I, I think it was like second to fourth season, something like that. Oh, so when the Simpsons were still at Tosky? Uh, no, I, I actually, uh, they were already at Film Roman. Yeah, right? okay. They're from nine, 92 to 94. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So then, yeah, because I remember I, moved, I, I kept in touch with you and a bunch of Klasky people, and I would have you guys at lunch uh, while I was on Rocco, mm -hmm. hoping some of my friends could come. Right to, to, to work, and eventually it worked. Everybody came. Everybody I because you were touch. on you were on uh, first season of Rocco, too, yes. right? Yeah, which is great. Yeah, yeah. It, so, and how did um? And now it sounds like I'm interviewing, but believe me, I no, don't no, no, no. on the podcast. But how how uh, you know how how did you um, 
you move on to Rocco from uh, from Klasky? I was after two years. I was really tired. <laughs> I mean, I started. I was hired as a, a board artist on Klasky because I did a test for that, and they hired me from the test. And I'd never done it. So it was obvious after the first board or the second. I remember Norton, the director, was probably, right. every time I'd see him, I had the feeling that he had a meeting about me. <laughs> people, he, that guy, please get that guy off me. He can't, he can't do it. And, um, and Ch- uh, Chuck Swanson, the producer, noticed my drawings on my cubicles, character drawings. I was drawing weird looking characters and they needed a oh, character design and fun you've never drawn i know it's I, just, I stopped after that <laughs> and he asked me if i wanted to do character designs on the show so then i became a character designer mm. and then i heard this girl i forgot her name this one woman left to go on rocco and she was saying it was great and stuff and i'm like after two years of promised raise you know you'll get more money you'll get more money you'll get more Oh, it's too late. Oh, sorry, we've done the budget. Oh, sorry, this. I thought I was tired of drawing the same thing over and over, and I wanted to do something new. And, and uh, so I went on to Rocco. And I, I, as I went on to Rocco, that woman got fired or something. And she said, don't go to that place. They're firing everyone. <laughs> no one lasts more than three months over there. It's <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> but I stayed for the whole thing. Until... And that's it for the first part of my conversation with George Schiltes. Uh, join us next time for the second part, <laughs> where, where he's going to explain how he, how he uh, started working on Rocco and all the other Nickelodeon shows he worked on after that, until, I think, um, Dora the Explorer. Um, and head over to the site, uh, the cartoonlunch.com uh, site, where you can see, uh, not only you can hear and download the podcast, but... You can watch videos of uh, us working uh, on these shows and pictures and stuff, you know. So um, I hope to see you next time. Thank you.